Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. This is Ben Currier, and I'm here with Robert Middleton. Hey there, Robert. Hey, Ben. Nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you too. Can you give our uh, the listeners a little bit of history of, of your career, which I assume you know spans a bit of time, but it'd be nice to know a little bit about maybe the positive things and some of your shameless brags, so to speak, before we get into more of the failure type of uh, uh, logic. Right. Well, I've been in business for about 35 years, started in 1984. I had no idea what I was doing when I started. Actually, my first couple of years in business, I did, it was action plan systems. Then it was more time management and organization. I coached people and I created a time management system and I did workshops on that. And then I, then People at the workshop said, can you help me in my business? And it turns out the help they really needed was help in marketing. So not knowing anything about marketing, I said, sure, I can help you. And uh, uh, read about 500 books on marketing over a number of years and uh, studied one thing one day and taught it to them the next day. So that's kind of how I started. And, you know, f- the failure thing is... Um, is a is a good concept because sometimes I say I failed my way to success. I mean, you know, I tried something that didn't work. I tried something else that didn't work. And then I tried again until finally it worked, you know? Yeah. And that's I, how it works for entrepreneurism. Yeah. I have a saying uh, on the podcast, which is uh, instead of fake it till you make it, it's more uh, like fail it till you nail it, which is kind of <laughs> the, the point, you know, you keep messing it up and just trying and that relentless pursuit of the goal is, you know, what leads you to the answers of how to get there. That's a great, that's a great phrase. Fail it till you nail it. Yeah. So (laughs) when you first started out, you said you had had gone into a different track than marketing and realized other people were, were trying to, you know, push you to do a little bit more of that marketing stuff, or at least you kind of uh, took that on yourself you were saying you're kind of like one step ahead of everyone and teaching them kind of what you just recently learned. Was there a, a specific part of you that that had interest in marketing before, or was this just a brand new thing that you, you know, dived into? No, I had interest in it. You know, I'd had a business selling exercise equipment for a few years and I had to run ads for that. So I designed ads for that and put them in newspapers and got direct response. And so I, I liked marketing. I liked the whole concept of, you know, how do you get people's attention? How do you get people to buy from you? What do you do to get people together? You know, and then I try read a lot of things. I read a lot of books on, you know, how as a self-employed consultant, you know, how do you market yourself? And it was always interesting. I mean, I really did read more than 500 books on the topic. And is there one that stood out or a couple that stood out as being the most helpful during that time? Oh, God, there was a lot. Um, I remember a good book called Non-Manipulative Selling, which is a really good book on selling not like a sleaze bag. You that know? sounds nice. You know, stuff like that. Um, the Guerrilla Marketing Books, 
you know, way back in the 90s, I was reading all of those books and absorbing that information. And, you know, I have a bookshelf that I'm looking at here. Uh, it doesn't include all of them. I, you know, I recycle a lot of them. I, I read a lot of books by a guy named Herman Holtz, who was really the consultant's consultant, and he wrote a lot of books. And, and so back uh, then, were you doing more um, print media stuff, or were you doing commercials, or what was the what was the focus when you first started? You know, I was really doing person to person type marketing: how to prospect, how to network, how to give presentations. The same same thing I'm doing now, but at a higher level. You know, and I, I designed some ads for some people. I designed mailings for people. I did this. I did the same thing myself. But as I got going, you know, I had my business out of my home for a while. Then I moved to an office in downtown San Francisco. And I started to do a lot of event marketing. So I had a group that I ran twice a month at a restaurant where it was called Community Entrepreneurs. And people came and we brainstormed about marketing things and I shared about my business and, you know, 20, 30 people came every couple times. We had guest speakers. So I got good at doing that. And then I, I joined the San Francisco chamber of commerce and um, started to give talks. And, you know, I did lots of talks to professional groups and chamber groups and, you know, and, you know, any place that would have me. And I, and I found that that was really my strength. I'm good at standing up in front of a room. If you put me in front of 10,000 people in an hour, I could manage it. I'd find something to say. I'd write a little outline on a piece of paper and I'd be off and running. Now I prepared a little bit more than that, but I, I you know, I, I kind of got good at it. And the funny thing is, Ben, I am essentially an introvert. Look, look, I live in a house in Boulder Creek, California, which is in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and I'm at the top of the mountain in a redwood forest, and I sit in my room all day long by myself, and I never see anybody. And of course, with COVID-19, I was well prepared for it mm -hmm. because I've been virtually marketing here in Boulder Creek for 18 years. So even though I'm kind of, you know, I'm self-starting, I'm introverted, I can do stuff on my own. It's not that I dislike people, but, um, you know, it's funny. I like standing in front of a room and presenting. So I don't know, maybe it's ego or something. <laughs> I, I love to share ideas and I'm kind of good at it. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. It's good though. It's good so, to not keep things inside. You, you might as well share them if you've got some insight to, to provide. Right. And it's, a, and it's really the best way to market yourself. I put it over anything, social media, content marketing, online marketing. So you can combine these things. I mean, the thing that I do now to get clients is, uh, you know, I've developed quite an email list over the years. And when I want to fill a program, I send an email out saying, hey, I'm doing a webinar on how to attract your ideal high-end clients. Come and watch the webinar. And I give them a lot of ideas and tell them about my program and people sign up for my program. So I transferred speaking to groups to speak to doing presentations uh, virtually. Before Zoom, 
which is one of the biggest marketing breakthroughs on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, it's so great. Um, before that, I did teleconferences. I've been doing telecom, did teleconferences for years and years, um, starting in, you know, I don't know, 2000 or earlier. And, you know, I, I wrote this book called the InfoGuru Marketing Manual uh, after being online for a few years. And I started to sell that manual. And I sold thousands of copies and made a lot of money with it. Uh, and then people, then I said, well, why don't I offer classes to people? And so I got a conference line and sent emails out and they landed on my webpage and they could sign up for it and pay whatever it was. You know, these initial classes were 25, 35, 50 bucks. I can't even remember. They weren't much, but I had a lot of people sign up. And the funny thing is the people that signed up for those classes, many of them had already bought my manual. So, you know, I realized that you can get a lot from a book. You know, obviously I read a lot of books. But there's nothing like being taught by someone who knows, you know? So, hey, I did pretty good promotion for these. A lot of people showed up. And I was just on a conference line with anywhere from 25 to 100 people. Wow. So it sounds like you've had a lot of experience doing that. Yeah. And then that just translated over to doing the same kind of thing on Zoom. Now, the only difference is I can see my whole audience, which is great. You know, I can see yeah. people. I can see if they're listening. I can see their expressions. I can say, hey, if you got a question, you know, it's a lot of fun. And, and then, of course, you can put up a, uh, a PowerPoint presentation and, uh, and go through your slides. And yeah, yeah, the technology for marketing right now is great. But the thing is, I'm really doing the same thing I was doing before in terms of giving presentations. I've just, the technology enables me to have clients you know, I have people in Australia, England, Canada, South Africa, and other countries in Europe, New Zealand. Hell, I couldn't do that when I was <laughs> in, in San Francisco doing presentations to the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. And so you have an international business this way, you know? Yeah. COVID's definitely uh, ramped up the acceptance of you know virtual conferencing and, and virtual meetings and stuff like that um yeah i'm curious though so you've you've had a lot of success certainly giving group presentations and it seems like you like public speaking which is a rarity most people don't like that would you is there any uh, well first of all were you always like this and if not <laughs> can we hear about some of the times where the public speaking might have went the wrong way and what you had to learn from you know those kind of stressful situations well, I, you know, gosh, I've done things like forgetting my handouts, <laughs> <laughs> forgetting to bring my business cards at the end, you know, things like that. Um, Have you ever totally forgotten what you were saying or like had nothing to say and were kind of deer in the headlights? Maybe once or twice. I mean, this was such a long time I can't go. I can't really, really remember that. But I can tell you some of the mistakes and failures that I have, you know. Sure. One of the, one of my, you know, I have sort of five core principles for marketing for self-employed B2B professionals. So I'm very specific who I work with, you know, business to business, you know, consultants, coaches, trainers, people like me, people that sell services to companies generally, mm -hmm. professional services. 
So, but when I, and so one of my principles is you've got to have a message that says something that gets people's attention. And in that message, you say, I work with this kind of company or this kind of business or whatever, and I help them produce this kind of result. And if you have a good message and you're speaking to the right people, they'll go, oh, tell me more, right? So this was my brilliant initial marketing message. I'm a small business consultant. So that says nothing. That was it. That was the entire. Yeah, that was it. it. What are you? I'm a small business consultant. I mean, a good pitch. <laughs> yeah, what a pitch, right? So it was about as generic and what you know. What does that mean? Well, I help small businesses uh, help them figure out their business and grow or whatever. So you know, over the years, uh, you know, I just I created endless number of documents and one pagers about what I did and read a lot of stuff about how, you know, and ultimately I got a message that was good, but this is a mistake. You know, almost everybody, if you ask them what you do when they're in business, 80% give you a garbage answer. And Not very after, informative, you mean? Yeah, it's nothing. It, it wouldn't stimulate interest in a million years. It just, it's like terrible. Mm-hmm. Where they say, or they say, I'm an accountant. Yeah, they, I actually am an accountant, and that we get a bad rap uh, for being <laughs> boring and such. I mean, I actually don't even like accounting. I'm more of the finance side, but I my degrees in accounting at least. Yeah, and uh, I so, get bored just mentioning it myself. So, so one mistake is by is labeling yourself. So if I said I'm a marketing coach, well, so what? You know, if I don't want to have a conversation with people, I just say I'm a marketing coach. Yeah, because it's like it, well, it doesn't get you know. So what? So I'll say that to some people, but I say, simply say, you know, I help self-employed people like consultant coaches and trainers attract more of their better high-end clients, and if they're in that category, that generates some kind of interest, right? Yeah. So um, the other mistake is, and that I made, and everybody makes, is we talk about our process. Well, I do. You see, if I said, well, I do workshops on marketing that teach you marketing skills. Well, that's my process, but that's not an outcome. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about their label or their process. And you're saying that's a mistake because you want to more put in their head the future state that they're going to be in and like the, the feeling or emotion or what you'll they'll get from it rather than how it happens. Yeah, that's one way of saying it. I call it the ultimate outcome. You know, what's your, what's your ultimate outcome? And, but that's good. The emotions or future state is also a good way to do it. You know, you know, I, and it could be, you know, there's more than one ways to do this. I help people that are really frustrated about their business, be excited about it because they're making a lot more money. That would, that might stimulate attention. Mm -hmm. But let me talk more about some of my mistakes. So, you know, one of the things I teach people is how to create a high-end program. And I, I love this story because, you know, I was so poverty conscious in the early days of my business. I had this belief that nobody could afford to work with me more than three sessions. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be tough uh, if that's your own... Uh, view of it. <laughs> so, you know, that's really very limited. So 
when people met with me, I said, well, I offer a three session package and that's 250 bucks or $300, whatever it was. And people said, oh, that sounds good. So they'd sign up. I do three sessions with them. And then people had to beg me to do more work with them. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you think it was because you were valuing what you had um, differently and you, or you thought that they literally just wouldn't be able to afford it or. Yeah. Well, well, I sort of made a prejudgment that they wouldn't be able to afford it, but that was, but it was all about me and, you know, what my, you know, financial mindset was and, you know, I was not making a lot of money back then. And, you know, so I thought people really couldn't afford anymore. Yeah. Then, you know, you know, I worked with this um, executive recruiter and she was a great success story for me. She was great at doing what she was doing, but not great at reaching out. And we developed a lot of stuff and we developed a, a sales process and a marketing document that every time she used that, she got a new client and she went from struggling to get getting clients to getting huge clients. And if you're a executive recruiter, you can get paid a lot of money. You can make 40, $50,000 when you land a big high-end executive. So she made a lot of money and retired early. She really did well, but she kept asking me, Robert, I need help. Let's keep meeting. This is good. And, you know, so she was a great client to work with. So that her name was Anne and Anne sort of said, well, if Anne is willing, is able to afford that, there's probably other people. Why don't I create a 10 session package? So people would come to me and say, can you help me? And I said, yes, and this is what I do in 10 sessions. And they said, okay, that sounds fine. So just as many people signed up for 10 sessions as three sessions, just as many, my close rate was, was great. And so essentially I tripled my income more or less overnight because I was selling 10 sessions instead of three sessions. And, uh, you know, I, and then, and then, you know, over the years, I sort of, you know, I, I worked with a client that they did consulting for bankers and they helped bankers teach, understand the banking industry and how to be a successful banker. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, they sold consulting. And one day they said, Robert, we've given up on consulting. We learned, you know, consulting is kind of amorphous. Where does it begin? Where does it end? Where are we going? And so instead of selling consulting, we started to sell programs. And I really, so, you know, all the good stuff I learned from my clients, honestly, <laughs> from books, yes, but from my clients, what they did, and I learned what they did. And so they started selling programs and they had a program with bankers, $10,000 per banker, and we'll get you up to speed in teaching you the practices of being a really successful, highly professional banker. They had a great website. This was back in- Was this know, like an uh, online course type of thing? No, it was in person. They'd go <clears> into <throat> okay, bank. Like a live they, workshop? They, yeah, workshops, training, one-on-one -on -one coaching, that okay. kind of thing. And this was in, I would say, the late 90s. Websites were up. They had a website. They put all of that together. They started to get great clients and make a lot of money. And I said, well, I need to start creating programs. Mm -hmm. And around that time, you know, after I'd created my manual, the InfoGuru Marketing Manual. Now, I know this is not, people can't see this, but here mm -hmm. it is. Ta-da. Nice. That looks good. Yeah. Yeah, so I sold a lot of copies of that. So, um, so 
and then I was doing some teleconference programs and I said, you know, I've got to, I've created a, got to create a longer program, a more in-depth program. So I created a six month program that was 12 sessions. So we met every two weeks. It was um, a teleconference program and I taught people all about marketing. And so we had session one is create your message and session two, create your your this this and that marketing materials and networking you know i had all these modules that essentially were taken from my book but i was just training people on this and and answering questions etc cetera, etc cetera. and after we've gone through the six months and 12 weeks hardly anyone had implemented anything and i was really discouraged i was teaching good stuff but yeah. people weren't implementing it anything and I said, what the heck am I going to do? So that was a mistake. So I was essentially offering an information program. It wasn't that the information wasn't good. You know, and I would do live workshops as well. And it wasn't that the information wasn't good. But, you know, I'd meet people in networking that had attended my course and said, oh, it was a great course. We got a lot out of it. But we really haven't implemented much of it. And it was like, well, why am I'm not in business to just give people information. I want them to transform, apply yeah. it, get new clients. It were the things that I'm actually doing. So um, about that time, we moved from, from Silicon Valley to Boulder Creek, and my wife signed up for a, a writing course. And she was doing this writing course, and the way it was structured is you would write something in between. She'd give them in a writing assignment, and you'd write something. And then in the session, you'd read your writing and she'd give feedback on it. And what kind of the, writing was a creative writing or just creative writing. Okay. But she wasn't just talking about writing and writing and writing and says, okay, you've got stuff. So, you know, write some stuff and then teach more stuff. No, she was giving an assignment and then giving feedback. And I went, Oh my God, I can, that's my model. How simple is that? So I'd give people an assignment to put together their marketing message. And the next one, I'd hear everybody's marketing message and give feedback on it and say, okay, get out there and use it. And then I'd say, okay, write this document. Here are the instructions for the document. I'd email it to them and send me your documents back. And then I'll look at them and we'll read them over during the session. And all of a sudden people started to implement. It was like a blinding flash of the obvious, as I like to say, you know? And so my programs turned into from information programs into action programs. Yeah, I I am um, I've had actually quite a bit of experience myself trying to sell uh, information products online. Not necessarily live workshops. I've done a little bit of that, but I teach Microsoft Excel online at my Excel Exposure website, and I've found it very difficult because for many years I just gave it away for free, and then when I transition to try to keep the free stuff on there but then uh, charge for a premium course it it was difficult because I uh, kind of like you I wasn't really in marketing and I don't love sales I feel you know sometimes that I'm just even though I'm giving something good that'll help their lives sometimes it feels a little bit too salesy trying to promote some of the stuff so what would you give um, as advice to someone who's either trying to sell an informational course online or is trying to do something similar to what you did would it be 
the interactivity and keeping that engagement high? Or what would be a, uh, even before they get into the course, what would be some advice for how to, how to sell and show the value of it? So uh, let me give you some ideas here. First of all, you know, I have marketed things online, like I marketed my manual online. I marketed a marketing club, which was, a, which was a, you know, a lot of my programs I'd done and recorded, and then I put them up and made them available and stuff like that. But what I do now is more I sell virtual marketing programs. You're virtual here with me, and I'm working with you as if you were in a workshop room, right, and training you. And so the marketing for those are a little different. And um, marketing stuff... Mass marketing online, where you have to sell a lot of stuff, in many ways is getting harder and harder. There's more tools, there's more things we can do with videos, this, that, and the other thing, and SEO. But the thing I like to remind people, you know, when I started my website in 1996, there was a quarter of a million websites back then, more or less. Only 250,000 websites. Ten years later, there was a thousand times as many, 250 million websites. Wow. Then eight years after that, it was eight times that. Now there's 2 billion websites. So now compared to 20 years ago, when I started my website, there's 8,000 times as many websites. So marketing online is, is challenging because there's so much out there. So, you know, what I did, you know, I had the momentum of many years ago to build a pretty big list. My list got up to 50,000 people. Oh, wow. I was, the, I was the only person, the first person, how to market, you know, you know I was teaching marketing online for self-employed people. And mm -hmm. then now there's thousands of people, but I was one of the first people. So a lot of people wanted to be on my list. I was getting a thousand people a month joining my list. Wow. I couldn't kill for that now if I tried. <laughs> I mean, it's a good way, by the way, is to be on podcasts and webinars and people come and then they check your site out. That's one of the best ways, but find, getting found on the web is hard. So you want to be networking and connecting and adding people to the list and, and, you know, connecting with people and getting going from online to offline with social media. So for instance, if you're in Facebook or LinkedIn and you're connecting with people, you'd say, Hey, you know, that post you, you posted about this was really cool and blah, blah, blah. And then perhaps get an offline conversation and, you know, get people on your list, but you've got to have conversations with people if you're going to sell high-end services, especially. Yeah, especially B2B, uh, which is what you focus especially on, Especially right? B2B. Um, not that you can't let, sell online programs as well, but uh, so that's what I get my people to do. You know, you look at everybody in your network, everyone you've known in business for the past few years, everyone you know through your Chamber of Commerce or Professional Association, anyone anyone or anyone that you have their email of, and then you say, hey, I'd love to tell you what I do so you know what I do. But this is where people fall down. They tell people what they do, but they don't tell them enough so that they could ever refer anybody. So for instance, if I said, well, I help small independent professionals attract more clients, attract high-end clients, 
and I do these programs. And, you know, if you ever hear anybody that needs that, let me know. But they don't know enough. It's not enough. So people kind of get to know you on a continuum. And the continuum starts with some kind of affiliation or, you know, affi affiliation like you belong to an organization or you're in LinkedIn or something like that. And then that moves to some degree of familiarity. You know, they see you around, they see you online, or they sign up for your email newsletter and they get something for you every week. So there's a lot of people that are very familiar with what I do. And then familiarity leads to more information. You know, I've got free ebooks and I've got free stuff on my site and I send my easing out every, every week. And now people are really getting to know me. And then you go next is to an experience of me. And in experiences, when you give a presentation or a webinar or something like that. So, you know, people hear about me, people pass along my name, they come to my website, they sign up for my, for my easing and get my free ebook. And the free book is called, um, what is it? Um, uh, meet, get more meetings, land more clients, because meetings are really sort of the turning point in landing clients. And so people sign up for that and then they've been on the list for X number of months and they've read some of my stuff. And I say, here's a webinar. And then 150 people sign up for it. I wish, awesome. I wish 150 showed up for it. <laughs> yeah, that can be but, tough because a lot of times you'll um, get people who sign up or even pay for a course, but just won't take it, won't do it. And, you know, it's yeah. hard to encourage that. So depending on the time of the month, the phases of the moon and what the topic of your thing is, you get a half to a third that sign up for a webinar, show up to a webinar. Another blinding flash of the obvious. If I keep giving them free information, why would they ever buy anything from me? Yeah. So there can be this thing, oh, it's COVID-19. I want to give a lot of free stuff. And you know, when COVID-19 hit, I did a series of six free webinars on how to go radically virtual. I wanted to serve. I wanted to help people. This was a, this was a national, international catastrophe. You know, there's certain situations where you can do that. And then people feel good about me. Oh, Robert's giving good information. But essentially, when I do a webinar now, I say, I'm going to teach you the essence of attracting high-end clients. And then I give a webinar that says, well, here's your problem. Here's what you want. Here's my main tips and ideas that I talk about for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And I say, Hey, I teach this in a program. Let me tell you about the program. And here's the program and here's how it works. And it's over nine months. And this is what we cover, what we cover today in depth. And this is what I charge for it. And then I say, if you're interested in knowing more, just let me know, send me an email and we'll have a conversation. Yeah. And, for, and for, like you said, free training is good, but I think paying for it always it gets more engagement. People will take more notes and maybe put more of it into action if they've paid some money in order to get the information. They value it a lot more. Well, absolutely. But so these webinars are free, but they're a promotional webinar. They're mm -hmm. an introduction to my big program, right? And if you're interested in exploring, if it's for you, fill out this form. So... 10, 11, 12 years ago, when I started doing this stuff, I would get 40 or 50 people filling out that form. But then recently, in the last couple of years, I was doing it, and it's like I get two or three people applying. And it's like it was like pulling teeth to get people to say I'm interested in the program. Yeah. And it was getting really frustrating. I think 
people's guards are up a lot more these days, it seems, or or there's too many things in bombarding them, maybe. There's too many things bombarding them. People don't want to read as much. Mm-hmm. So reading is like, oh God, you know, that's a lot of stuff. And eh, you know, and I'm getting God knows how many promotional emails I get yeah. every day. It's ridiculous. And I don't want to read stuff. So but it's like, oh, this is a valuable informational webinar. So when somebody comes on a webinar, it's a, it's really the same information, but sort of expanded from the sales letter, except you're there with me personal, talk, personally talking to you, and you can answer, ask questions at the end. And that dynamic is so much more powerful. Yeah. And so signups went up through the roof when I do the webinars, as opposed to when I do the sales letters. Now, in three, four, five years, uh, that might change. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to have a light show and a song and dance, and mm-hmm. I don't know what. Yeah. But I'll find a way. I, th- I think it's it's good that people are so bad at presentations because it probably puts the you know people who are getting presented to they have a pretty low expectation, low bar for what would be even funny or whatever it is. So if you just you know definitely increase some of those skills and improve your abilities there. It can certainly put you ahead of a lot of people because a lot of people just can't do that. Uh, I've got a a bit of good news. I have for you a get out of fail free card, which I'm going to virtually give you. Here you go. And you can do pursue any kind of career or hobby or interest and you won't fail at it. So what would be that thing that you think you'd love to do if you could be good at it or, you know, is, is scary because of the amount of failure that might be involved? Well, I'm not exactly a spring chicken. <laughs> I've been at this for a long time. I'm 68. I'm not going to be doing this forever. But, you know, I love working with people and getting in the trenches. I love doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would, you know, I think it's really, I want to create some kind of a really amazing graduate program that I make a lot of money from, have a lot of fun, and really get to work deeply with people just deeper than I ever have before. So, you know, I just want to make the biggest contribution I can make. And I think it's working with those higher end people that are already very successful and people that already know, like, and trust me to work with me before. I want to come up with that thing that will be ridiculous amount of fun to do and will produce ridiculous amount of results. Yeah. Maybe make a few multimillionaires in the process. (laughs) That's always good. That would be okay with me. Yeah. Well, although I couldn't give a damn if I I was a multimillionaire, what would I buy another car (laughs) that I don't have a space to, to park it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I I definitely appreciate you coming on and, and, you know, being vulnerable and sharing some of your, your past experiences. If you wanted to point any of our listeners specifically to one place, where would be the place they can go to find out what you're working on these days? Well, the best thing is to, I have free stuff to give you. So I put together two things. One is I have a report, kind of an ebook called get more meetings, land more clients. Okay. And also this is brand new. I don't know if I'll offer this forever, that, that presentation narrative, the blueprint mm-hmm. for creating a presentation, I, I'd like to give that to people. Oh, nice. And where it's can they find document. that? It's a Word document. And so you simply go to the same place for both of them. Actionplan.club 
not.com club yep c-l-u-b forward slash free dash stuff yeah or i think you can just go to the main page right actionplan.club and at least for the for the ebook i think there's a link there yeah well wherever you, if you sign up on the free stuff page or in the sure. home page it's the same sign up you'll get both those things okay great well I'll, I'll go ahead and put that into the show notes as well so people can find it more easily but thank yeah. you so much for coming on and i appreciate you being a guest on the podcast and uh, and i hope that your graduate program and everything else you're planning on doing uh goes successfully me too ben thanks so much you really yes. uh i feel inspired after this so that's good to hear good job Thank, Thank you. you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.